0: everyone, this is David. Welcome back Behind the Velvet rope. Oh, let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Robert Brotherton.
1: Good morning, morning. David.
0: What is going on? Welcome. My unorthodox life, season two. There's a lot going on, right?
1: So much going on. My God, this season could not have been more different than season one. What a whirlwind.
0: I mean, well, look, that's the thing. Normally when someone's here, I ask like, you know, how is this season different for you? But I mean, we have a whole group, all of you. This season is just so different than season one.
1: Truly, truly. Season one was like, we're living like the best possible life. Season two is like, bomb goes off.
0: Uh a bomb has gone off. I mean, listen, you've kind of been with Julia since the beginning. Like, did you ever think that when you took a job at Elite that it would lead to all of this, like a Netflix show?
1: Definitely not. You know, I've always, I was always in marketing and public relations for the most part. And we're kind of behind the scenes people. I mean, I'm, I'm fun. I have a, a fun personality, but never, ever did I want or think I would ever be in a TV show. Um, so it's been quite the unexpected journey.
0: I mean, your story really has been featured, you know, a lot more this season. Like, was that like a conscious decision? Like, did it take convincing? Like, did you not want to put... Because like, you know, like, right, a lot of PR and marketing people are kind of, you know, behind the scenes. And even if they are on a TV show, it's one thing to have your whole life out there, right?
1: Yeah, it really, for me, started kind of season one, halfway through filming the season. I don't know what kind of triggered, but all of a sudden, halfway through season one, everyone was a little bit more interested in what I was doing. And so at that point, I said to myself, if I'm going to do this, then let me really do it and not be, you know, just like a sidekick character. So I just tried to be as vulnerable and open about the shit going on in my life as I possibly could be. And then season two, I didn't have to try at all because there we were like standing in the middle of like ground zero, you know, with cameras rolling. So I just tried to smile and go on.
0: We saw you go home to see your family in Texas this season. Like, what is your family? Like, what do your friends think about you being on the show?
1: They think it's crazy. They absolutely think. I mean, I remember when I was trying to convince my mom to like, hey, we, we would like to come to Texas. We're going to go to Austin. We're going to see where Julia's from. And I would really, really love to bring everyone home. She was really open to it. But then like when I was like, and we're going to stay at the house. She was like, everyone. <laughs> and I just kind of told her, I was like, we're coming. Good luck. So they think I'm crazy. They think it's ridiculous, but I'm just trying to have fun with it. And at the end, I think everyone sees the finished product and it's a really nice story. And I think everyone, you know, just the way my family reacts to Julia's family was so beautiful when I saw it on screen. Um, I think it came out beautifully.
0: It did come out beautifully. I mean, we saw early on in the season, I have watched all nine episodes. I could not stop. I've binged them. Sometimes I watch one episode to do this job, but this was like, no, I'm going to literally sit here and
1: watch all of them. You know, Misery loves, loves company, and this is like very bingeable. Seriously.
0: I mean, we saw early on in the season, you know, you went through, like you got completely re-sculpted. You got new abs. You got an ass. I mean... Talk to me about that and just, like, not being comfortable in your own body and, like, yeah. getting that stem from
1: childhood. Yeah. I mean, it's been, like, a lifelong thing. I've never, like, felt good in my own skin. I always felt, you know, in, in business and work, I felt like a king. But the minute I become, you know, it's more of a personal, it's a relationship, it's in front of people, and it's really not about me being a boss or being in charge, then I immediately feel uncomfortable. And probably from the point I had the surgery – Rewind. I had lost about eighty pounds, so that's amazing, and I felt great about that. But that also leaves your body looking very differently. So you you see that you on the on the screen, you know, looking at it, you see all the skin. I was still, you know, I still had weight to lose, but for me, it's been incredibly positive. I would not not do it. I mean, I would not change a thing.
0: Really? Because listen, listen, I'm a gay man in New York. I've had a little something here and there. I know I'm 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 in the entertainment business. I know a lot of people that have had uh, two stories, you know, like one, okay, that was great. Now I need a lot of therapy. Like that didn't change anything or two, just like, this is exactly why I did it. But for you, it's been like, really.
1: It's been totally changing. I mean, just even like how I feel in clothing and, you know, feeling comfortable to like, you know, have my shirt open a little bit, or I don't know, just when I go to a party, I feel like I can shine a little bit more, which has been so nice. And I had so much done. I mean, it was really a risk. Like I, there was, I mean, not like a medical risk, but there was a lot to go wrong, but thankfully I had a fabulous surgeon, an amazing team. And after a month of, you know, pretty, some, some difficult healing, the result for me was really magical.
0: Well, we also saw your relationship front and center this season. I mean, has Ryan, like, how has he adjusted to like kind of having it all out there for him? Cause we saw a lot more of him this season.
1: You know, Rod's really enjoying mean, he He's a much more extroverted person than I am. So he's really, he's loving it. He's living it up. Me, I'm like, uh, oh, let me stay home. Rod's like, no, we need to go out. This is our 15 minutes. So I think he's he's enjoying it. He likes it. I think um, for him, he's getting a little bit of, you know, it's not all, all positive. You know, every, some people are saying some negative things, like maybe he's using me. A lot of what you don't see on camera is that I in fact invited Raed, you know, to come live with me. It was the middle of COVID. I was so lonely. It was New York City. It was shut down. It was a terrible, terrible time to be in New York. And I was like, please come come stay with me. Come live with me. And that's how the whole thing got started. So Yeah, you
0: guys are truly like a product of COVID. Oh, 100%.
1: Yeah. I mean, we had been very, very good. I mean, even best friends in, in college. And I had lived with him in New York before when I first moved to the city. I lived with him in his studio apartment. And, uh, it, it, we've got a really long, long journey.
0: And what people, the comments are just like, oh, you were on the
1: show. Yeah. And he'd been on a few like talent competitions before this. So, you know, people see that and everyone, you know, wants to make a judgment on the relationship. Like, are you using Robert or that kind of thing? But what they don't see is the 20 year track record and history of really us using each other in life. (laughs) Because when you're partners, that's what you do, you know?
0: That is what you do. Well, we saw you also, you know, your relationship being like you guys were not on the same page with whether the relationship was going to be open or not. Walk me through like I understand his like going on his DAs and his dick appointments. I've never heard I really I've never heard as an open relationship going on actual dates and just getting to know people. And then so talk to me about that. We saw you go on these dates.
1: Yeah. Um, that was like the worst. The wor- I was the worst person to go on a date with. I mean, I looking back at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy, why he stayed there and waited for me for an hour, sat there and listened to my bullshit. I mean, the open relationship thing to me is still very much an open conversation. We really haven't closed the, the chapter on that because for me, it's still, I grew up in Texas. I have this heteronormative idea of what a relationship should be. And You know, sometimes it still triggers a little insecurity for me. So it's really still an open conversation for us. I think what was really healthy about the show is it forced us to have the conversation and it forced us to have a lot of conversation around it, which then made the topic more comfortable. And then I felt like I could express myself more and he felt like he could express himself more. So in a way, the show is a little bit of therapy going into that issue for us. And so now at least we have like open lines of communication. I can express when something doesn't feel right to me he certainly did around that date like the date felt wrong to him and you know i understand that because there's uh physical intimacy there's emotional intimacy and where do you draw the line in a in an open relationship that's i think where the conversation comes in
0: and you guys are what still in the you're still not sure you're comfortable with like you guys are still in the throes of it
1: well, now we're like starting to plan a wedding. I mean, my life is still a little bit up in the air, you know, like nothing. I don't have like another full time job. I'm working on a few side things. Julia and I are working on a few projects. But, you know, I'm still very much in this kind of middle ground place with, you know, with what I'm going to do, where I'm going to be. And so add on top of that a little insecurity around the open relationship. Still, for me, it, it, I'm not ready to like set a date and make a plan yet. So we're still like, you know, we're still engaged. And, you know, still like loving this moment in our life, but I don't feel any kind of pressure to rush to an altar when we still have, you know, some things to solve and get through.
0: Were you shocked at this engagement? I mean, like you were going to your, you know, where you guys met and like, I mean, it seems like, okay, this is the obvious place to do it, but were were you shocked? I'm so happy it's almost February because this month has been gangbusters work-wise, but I am so stressed out. Everyone has been on edge. Everyone has been cranky, and I'm sorry. I just need to take the edge off. It's a -a five-day-a-week podcast, and it ain't easy, guys. But let me tell you, Innovative Extracts has come to the rescue because they have the best quality CBD at literally the most competitive prices. And they have products that help you with everything I just described. I use it for my anxiety, my mood improvement. Hello. It also helps with inflammation and pain. Pain and I mean, man, it really improves my sleep and I have trouble sleeping. They have something for everyone and it comes in like a variety of different forms that you can take it in. I personally love the gummies, but they have creams and vapes. They even have these drops that you can take under your tongue. They have a full line of Delta 8, 9, and 10 THC products and they don't require any medical cards. So it's so easy. They ship to most states. I cannot recommend these guys enough. But really the reason why you should choose Innovative Extracts is I am offering you 40 off. Go to www.ie-cbd.com and get 40% off. All you have to do is enter code velvet at checkout. Make sure to enter code velvet to get 40% off ie-cbd.com. Have you guys heard our epic interview with Snooky, which was on our podcast a few months ago? And we just sat down with Dina too. We're going to be sharing that soon. Listen, I still love the cast of Jersey Shore, Pauly D, Wow, Mike, The Situation. And listen, how excited are you that Jersey Shore Family Vacation is back in our lives? Did you guys love the premiere last week? Well, this Thursday is an all-new episode, and this season is going to be great. They're talking pregnancy announcements and engagement. They go to L.A. to support Vinny and Dancing with the Stars. Love Vinny on Dancing with the Stars. Of course, they're fist pumping. They're going to do some GTL. I mean, lots of meatball madness. I still, this is one of the classic, classic reality shows. So listen, all new episode this Thursday. Make sure to watch Jersey Shore Family Vacation. The premiere was last week and it's back this Thursday on MTV at 8, 7 central.
1: I mean, we've definitely talked about you know, what would, what we, I made a joke in an interview once where we were like, Oh, when you're 35 and I'm 35 and we're both still single, but we want children and we want like the white picket fans, like we'll just throw in together. And, you know, that had been a conversation that we've had in the past. And, um, we definitely talked about what would a life together look like. So it's wasn't fully out of left field, but I didn't feel like it was coming that day for sure. And I certainly didn't think he had already gone through the process of finding a ring and like doing all of that. I, I, it, that, to me, was pretty surprising.
0: Do you guys, like, is your goal to work out this open relationship issue and just have it one way or another closed, so to speak? Or, like, this this issue closed before you actually walked down the aisle?
1: I don't think it'll ever be closed. I mean, I think that's the thing with this, you know, th- with this conversation. I've had so many, as I've been out over the last few weeks, so many gay men come up and like, oh, yeah, this is really a topic. And just like you see with the couple who we had at our Connecticut house, they were... They were on you know slightly different pages of their open relationship and what they the advice they gave to us is it's always a conversation. So I don't think one day he's gonna change and one day I'm gonna change. I think we're gonna both have to always be finding that balance in what is appropriate for the moment we're in at that moment. I mean, if we've got like five children running around and he's off you know or, or you know that's but also he needs to be happy. I need to be happy. So I think it's just about the continual conversation and finding the right balance.
0: Do you know, like, what type of wedding you want to have? I mean, do you want to have a big wedding? I mean, it sounds like you're not really far along in the process of planning it yet.
1: But I have an idea. I mean, um, I definitely don't want, like, some big New York wedding. I would love, like, some type of destination thing. What I love about destination is you can invite everyone, but only a few people come. It's the best of all worlds. And then also, I just want a vacation. I don't want to plan something. I don't want to sit there, like, hemming and hawing over details about invitations and literal bullshit i would rather just go to someplace fabulous have a massage every day and it with some fabulous feast and then fly home you know so i think a destination somewhere um is going to be my my want
0: does julia is julia bothering you is she like let's get this on the roll like is her vision board going already and like is she starting to steamroll this process
1: no, she's not steamrolling the process, but she's definitely obviously involved in the whole thing. So she will be a, a meaningful part. She's on board with Destination. Her her wedding with Sylvia was Destination. It was a beautiful wedding in Greece. So um, I don't know if she would suggest we do the exact same thing, but I definitely think she's on board with some, you know, we 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 both like, uh, in, we enjoy kind of our leisure. And so I think the idea of having to plan something and being like, we, a year out worrying about every little detail. is not exciting for either of us.
0: It's too early. Well, yeah. one person we saw that had some issues in voice them was Batsheva. Were you shocked that she kind of spoke up when you guys got engaged and just this whole open relationship? And talk to me about that.
1: Batsheva never shocks me because Batsheva always says exactly how she's feeling. I don't think, at the time, I didn't feel like it was particularly negative. I honestly enjoyed it because it was kind of, she was playing for my team. So at least one person was playing for my team and I thought she articulated her perspective really well. So um, I think that moment with Bacheva in Connecticut was really an, an impetus for a, a stop and reflection point for Ra'ed because You know, I think when you're a gay man in our community, you see it one way and you see it being successful in one way. But you see, obviously, there's multiple ways of living life. But then to have another perspective come at him from someplace he didn't expect, I think it was helpful at least to, you know, shift the mentality for him and and think about, oh, maybe there are lots of people with other perspectives and I should consider that.
0: How has Batsheva changed just, you know, personally, since you've known her? I mean, as an audience, you know, in two seasons, we've seen her go from, like, married to sing, right? Like,
1: yes, all for the best. I mean, she is living her absolute best life. She is, like, at every party. She is a girl on the scene here in New York City. She looks incredible. I mean, I've never seen her look so fabulous in my entire life. I'm I'm so happy for her. And she's just out there, you know, living. So, to be be young and beautiful.
0: (laughs) We saw some of that. We saw her having her own DAs. We saw her on the apps. Like what's going on with her now? Like, is she single? Anything you can tell us about her dating life now?
1: I think she's still playing the field. I mean, uh, who knows? I shouldn't speak too much about it because there any, any number of things could be happening. But I think she's still single. I think she's just living life. She's got a great group of girls around her who are her close friends. They seem to be a really close knit group. Um, and I think she's just taking her time in the sunlight and enjoying the moment.
0: We saw her get a little bit of flack from Julia. You know, like, like you said, the season was much different than we expected. You know, we didn't expect like this major divorce between Julia and Silvio. And then, you know, of course, like everyone kind of hauled up in the penthouse and, you know, we saw that kind of come and go. Like, do you think Julia was justified and maybe feeling like Bat wasn't there as much as the rest of you were?
1: I think that there, there are two sides to it. I mean, Bacheva obviously was going through her own divorce and like trying to kind of reestablish her own narrative in her head and, you know, amongst her group of friends and everything. So I think when you're in the middle of a very heated, tumultuous situation, you're never approaching it totally level-headed and, you know, everything is supercharged. And that situation was the most supercharged of a situation I personally have ever been in. So, I mean, even Julie and I had a moment where we had to have a conversation about whether or not I was being supportive or not, or not or supportive enough. So I think, you know, I just, at this time, like having the 2020 of hindsight, I think it's just about giving grace to everyone and everyone's on their own journey. So I validate kind of the thoughts and feelings of both people, but I know Julia and Bacheva are closer than they've ever been now. So something How, happened, right?
0: Something happened, right? How was it when Julia accused you of this? Cause you didn't seem to be so thrilled with it at the time, you know, just no. kind of questioning your own loyalties or being there for her.
1: I think I was going through a, a difficult time as well. Like I had lost my job and probably, you know, in her defense, I was really focused on myself as well. I mean, and I, I feel justified in that, but I do think, you know, she is, my friend and what I have to do with any person in my life whom I love dearly is make sure they feel validated and loved. And I probably could have done a better job at that and making just sure that, you know, she constantly felt I was checking in. And in my, in my, you know, in hindsight, and I think I said this in my apology to her that you see later in the season. Again, when you're in that really tough situation, you just have to plow through and then you look back and make amends for what you can
0: were you shocked? I mean, listen, I come from a family where like, everybody is divorced. This is probably why I'm not married, nor really have any interest in being married. But that's for a whole nother podcast. But I mean, I have so much divorce in my family. And it's never been it's like, it's brutal. It's like, it's been the most vicious battles of everyone involved. So to me, when I'm watching this, and like Sylvia's like, it's gonna be copacetic. I'm like, girl of course this is where it ends i mean but not everyone has a cynical view of the world like i do i mean were you shocked like when this went from one thing to the other
1: i think yes in the moment every new revelation was shocking to me i think i, I grew up you know i had my parents were not divorced they are now but it was much later in my life but uh my father was in the legal profession and so i saw a lot of this happen So I think at the time I was maybe a little bit more uh, skeptical or cynical, as you said, but I I just think it's really a a terrible situation for all parties involved. And, you know, on my, from my perspective, I just hope that there's, you know, resolution. I know Julia is so strong and so passionate and powerful that she's going to fight for herself. And, um, you know, what I've, what I've learned a lot from Julia through the years is this like indomitable power of perseverance, and every day of my life, I try to incorporate a little bit more of that into my own life. And it's hard because I come from a place of like fear and anxiety. And so like <laughs> feeling bold enough to like really go and fight is, is very powerful to me. So that's something I always take away from the situation. But to answer your original question, I don't think I expected t- the scale. Um, and uh, as you see in the sh- the show, like every new little piece was surprising
0: was it as tense? Like you lived it, you were in that penthouse hauled up for, I mean, you know, like as a viewer, you're just, I mean, we saw it play out in the media, of course, but like watching it is different. Right. So to me watching it, you're like, Oh man, this is like, did it feel just as intense being there or.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, my heart just broke for Julia because you know, I could never have, I could never imagine myself being in that situation. I was you know, in a very, you know, third degree affected by some of it. But I think my main concern through the whole process was just Julia's mental health. And I tried however I could to like take her out of that, those, those intense moments and try and you know make light or have fun or find moments of repose, which were sometimes successful and sometimes not successful. But um I think I was just again, I come from a place of like, oh, you know, legal things are scary, all of that. So that's always it's nerve wracking to kind of see all of that unfold right in front of you
0: look, you took her to Texas. You got her out of the the city. Did you, to your point you just made, like, she's like extremely strong, Julia. Did you ever think like, you know, it's going to be over. She's going to fold, you know, just like give in, leave the penthouse. You win. I uh, Here's the red flag or were you always, cause you know, it's an intense situation. Like you said, legally and people are not used to this. Or did you just always say, no, this, this woman's going to fight and i
1: never years. ever ever expect julia to fold you know that if she is anything it's that she's a fighter so uh, if anything i were i spent my time kind of trying to help her you know not back down but but to take a minute and 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 be be comfortable or have some peace in her life in the middle of a very difficult moment but no I, no folding for for that woman absolutely not
0: what about you know we also saw we talk about like bacheva's out there living her best life we saw shlomo this season kind of you know make some moves on some women you took him to get his back waxed i mean has he lost Uh, his virginity yet
1: can we understand why i had so much back hair moments in season two like for just one second why was i like the back hair czar that that was probably the most unexpected revelation for me. <laughs>
0: I was like, you, "Were you sitting there, like, out of everything that's cut and doesn't make yes. it, like, this is now we have yes. like back hair?"
1: Yes, I. That was probably the the funniest thing to me. But Shlomo, uh, I'll let him answer his own questions about virginity. But um, just to have seen him every day blossom a little bit more. He's the he's like the constant. He's the he's the kindest, sweetest, most gentle guy in the world. And he's just this constant help, constant support. And uh, for that, any woman would be very, very lucky to be dating virginity, whatever, with, with Shlomo. That's my uh, my opinion.
0: Well, listen, you're a girl about town. Like, don't you know, a nice single woman for Shlomo?
1: I know. Honestly, I haven't put any effort into it. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. All my—I'm—I'm I'm old, much older than Shlomo, you know. So like, there's a ten year. I gotta find. I don't have many of those like twenty five year old friends. Uh, yeah, she's a, she's an old lady these days, you know. As
0: as I was watching it, I was like, don't I have? But uh, same thing. All my girls are, you know. I got some nice single Jewish girls in New York, but they're all probably like too old for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I he, he, He's putting himself out there. I think he's going on dates. I think he's, you know, living like Bacheva his best life, but he's also a lot more conservative, a lot more, you know, calculated in a good way. And, um, you know, he's going to find the right girl. who's going to appreciate all of those amazing, gentle qualities about him. And they're going to probably be happier than all of us.
0: Well, seriously well to me as a viewer the voice of reason to me is miriam i mean is she the voice of reason in reality as much as i have made her out to be in my backstory and in my head
1: always what's amazing about miriam is like it's always a yes she comes from this place of yes not to steal like a i think that's a bethany frankel line but like she is always up for anything she Uh, will fight any fight. She, you know, she's truly a, a warrior for her mother and for her friends. And, you know, she's very inspiring and she can do just about anything. That's what's amazing about her.
0: I mean, I know she got into Stanford and all, which, I mean, Stanford didn't want me. So, I mean, she's obviously brilliant. But as I watch this, I'm like, this girl knows everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, she can, there's nothing she can't do. And she can, I don't know, she's part of that generation that just they can learn anything like this. Um, I would call on Miriam for anything, you know, that I ever needed. And she would be there and she would be probably, as you said, the best possible voice of reason.
0: Well, listen, talk about relationships that we loved watching. I mean, I was like so into her and Natalie, and I know they broke up.
1: Yeah. What yeah. happened? Well, I don't know exactly what happened. I think they were moving to different places. So I think distance had something to do with it. Let me, I mean, got a piece of ice here. You're entitled I love- I love, I love that. It's actually very hot in here. I love, uh, I love them as a couple. We had so much fun with them. I still see Natalie. Uh, we went out the other day to townhouse, the, you know, the gay bar in the upper East Side. And, um, you know, they're both great, great girls. And they're in that like prime of their life where they're exploring, I know Miriam exploring her sexuality, Natalie, I know less about in that capacity, but I just know that, you know, they had fun time together and, they're both, you know, girls about town.
0: What about Aron? How is he doing? I and mean, when we saw Julia, like, which my parents would have done the same thing, they would have said, oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah, bitch, bitch, we're going to tell you what's best for you at this age, you know, like, I mean, which is not an easy conversation to have, but we saw like Julia kind of set him on a course that she feels is better for him.
1: I mean, what an incredible mother. I, for me, that Aaron story is. The most compelling because you see it's 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 scary. It's vulnerable. It's interesting for me. You know, I'm the, I'm the goy of the group. Uh, you know, I, I don't know anything about this and to learn about what what it is to be in the yeshiva school or university or high school uh, versus, you know, other kind of more integrated or mixed. Um, that's always been very fascinating to me, but just to see, you know, how passionate she is about making sure that her kids get the education, she's going to give them everything they need to get out the door. Once you're out the door, you make any decision you want to make, but until you're out the door, until you're 18 years old, and I prepared you with every piece of information I can about your world and the outside world, I, I was, I was very, very enamored with that story and just thought it was really beautiful and to see her in that passionate way as a mother i thought was really beautiful hey i'm nate thurston and i'm supposed to write a 30-second ad that tells you everything you need to know about my podcast good morning liberty which i co-host with charlie my best friend of 20 years That's a tough feat to accomplish but let's give it a shot at good morning liberty we cover the news every day from an individual liberty perspective we believe that you own yourself and a tyrannical overreaching government is the biggest threat to your liberty if you agree you can find a new episode every day of the week on your podcast app or by going to BernieLies.com in your browser
0: you know I'm always talking about how I have nobody in my life and I'm on a fast track to die alone? Well, listen, it's not exactly true because there is someone in my life I really care about, our family cat, Loka. And I have to tell you, Loka's old cat food would st- Dink. Really, it was disgusting. And if you think I went anywhere near that, you're sadly mistaken. But all that's now different because of Smalls. Now, you know I like high-end stuff. I guess I'm kind of a snob like that, and that's why I love Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients that you actually find in your own fridge and it's delivered right to your front door. So if you're lazy or busy like me, hello, this podcast is five days a week, it comes right to your front door. The food actually looks like food that actual people eat. So head over to smalls.com slash velvet and use promo code velvet at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code velvet. You get 50% off with the code velvet. Go to smalls.com slash slash velvet, enter code velvet for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. Was it like hard or did it help your relationship with Red like to watch it back? I mean, I imagine you guys watch this together. Like, was that helpful? Was that not helpful? Was it none of the above?
1: There were definite moments for both of us where we were like, You said that (laughs) or or like, you know, I think you always have to keep in mind that we film for a long time and everything's put together in the most interesting way possible, but it really does capture us really well. I like, I would not say that there's like an editing thing. I, our, our relationship is very open. We talk about everything. So I don't think either of us were really shocked, but it is kind of funny to see yourself having these conversations. And sometimes it, puts into perspective maybe how ridiculous your own perception is and and you get to, you know, change and adjust based on what you've seen.
0: What about, you know, like we mentioned, you know, like you have this moment with Julia where she thought you weren't there with, you know, for her enough and you guys worked it out. But like, what was that like, like balancing like, okay, here's your BFF who's going through like this horrible divorce that the whole world is talking about. And yet like you are fired, like you've lost your job. So it's like, How, you know, how did you balance that? Because it's like, of course, you want to be there for your friend, but you're like, my life is in a shambles here, too. Like, I lost my job at Elite, which I liked.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like anything in any relationship you're in. What you do is you try to explain your side of the situation. You try to hear and listen the concerns of the other person. Then ultimately, you either move together as a unit or you don't. And I think, you know, what you see in the series is that we we both saw that ultimately we understood where each other were coming from. I apologize because I never want to be I don't want to create any pain for someone I love. Um, And I was going through my own issues, my own pain. So I think we both saw that and we came to this nice and and beautiful resolution, which ultimately makes a friendship stronger but, you know, going through it at the time, it was definitely very difficult. And it's you try not to be hard headed, but sometimes I can be and, and you try, you know, but you have to realize in a relationship, you can't just hold your ground and say and, and be one way. You've got to compromise. You've got to find middle ground. It's like whether it's with Raed or with Julia, with my parents or whomever it is, that's what a meaningful relationship is.
0: That's true. Well, you know, we have this other character in the show this season. It's the media. I mean, you guys like reference page six. I mean, it was there. And like, we all saw this. Why do you think the media, you know, like before this season came back for months, we saw this narrative of like Julia Hart pays to meet Silvio. You know, I mean, of course, a lot of people are putting a lot of things out there. But, you know, the media has this whole thing of like Julia paid to meet him and like, she was calculating and she wanted to get to him. And I know, like, why do you think the media takes this narrative and just runs with
1: it? If I had the answer to that question, David, I would not be sitting in my kitchen talking to you. We would be somewhere like on our mansion in Palm Beach because we we, we understood and controlled the media. I think uh at the end of the day they're coming from public relations they're looking the the story is what it is and anyone will you know these days the story is the the value the the clicks the the the, you know clickbait or whatever it is the how enticing it is so it's it's really unfortunate because ultimately you see a story unfold in media that is not not the case but you know i don't have the answer to media urgently i wish i did (laughs)
0: they like to take one thing and run with it. That is for absolute sure. Yeah. Um, How is Julia these days? Cause I mean, you know, it's a lot to go through, right?
1: Yeah. I think, you know, she's doing very well. She's really focused on a lot of philanthropic work. I see her doing, I mean, so much. I, once a week, I'm attending some event where she's, you know, focused on, you know, either Ukraine or uh, what's happening with women's reproductive rights. And and I just think that that, once again, it just goes to show how incredible of a human being she is through this moment where she's, you know, going through a lot of issues in her own life. She's refocusing her energy around something really beautiful that helps other people and so for me that's I I think that's where her happy place is helping other people that's
0: good do you think because I know there's like a lot of you know the lawsuit stuff is still going on like do you think just from a business point of view like she will be back at elite one day
1: back at elite I don't know and I don't want to get too much into the the lawsuit stuff just because I don't have any any perspective on that but I think uh Julia will be back in a big way through any number of her endeavors. I mean, right now we're working together on Plus Body, which is this revolutionary new shapewear that she has developed technology around. Um, it's it's all about fusing infusing color into fabric that doesn't, str- I mean, it stretches in the most beautiful way. Um, that's going to be a huge business. I'm very, very excited about that. And then, of course, work around the heart sphere is ongoing. So whether it's elite or heart sphere or whatever the endeavor is, Julia is going to be, you know, always this consummate empowered business professional.
0: Is the shape and I don't mean there's no shade in this, is the shapewear kind of like skims, but with color? I mean, that's how uh, I'm get
1: Well, I mean, you know, shaper has been around well before skims, but I think um, it's, it's a different type of technology for a totally different wear. Um, but it, it's, it's a shapewear that is intended to, make you feel the best you possibly can be. That's always been kind of a mantra for Julia, but it infuses a a new type of technology that's not in the market. And if you were to look at it, sitting next to any number of shaper brands, whether it's Skims or um, Spanx or any number of them, it's so differentiated because it's beautiful, it's color, it's vibrant. Um, And then where we go from there is gonna be really exciting because there's so many new areas that we can develop this technology into.
0: I love how my reference to shapewear, which has been around forever, goes to Kim Kardashian.
1: I know. Like, <laughs> I mean, she doesn't... The stuff is great. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I absolutely love it. As we all know, it's wildly successful. Um, but there's there's a market beyond what Kim Kardashian is doing. And any any take any step into any kind of department store and you go to their lingerie section and their shapewear section. It is this sea of nudes and blacks and whites. And uh, there's just so few options for women who want something vibrant. And and I think this is going to solve an important issue for women in the how,
0: how is HeartSphere? We saw it on the show, what's going yeah. on? I mean, and we saw you kind of at a crossroads between your singing and Broadway and whether to commit full time. So yeah. tell me the status of all of this.
1: Well we're still in what's been good is that the Heart Sphere is kind of where we're, we're we're still working on Heartsphere, incorporating a lot of that technology into what we're doing at Plus Body. So I think we're focused first on getting Plus Body up and and out, um, which will happen very very soon, probably within the next thirty days. And uh, once we have that running smoothly, we'll we'll return our attention to using the HeartSphere technology in a retail and kind of marketing capacity. So. There's a lot happening. So when it's just a, a small team, we focus on plus body first, and then we turn our, our attention to hard sphere.
0: And what is up with Miriam? We saw her, you know, kind of saying she was going to, you know, I know she struggled with maybe going back to school, but it sounded like she was going to commit full time to this opportunity.
1: Yeah, she's fully committed. I mean, as you see on the series with her mother, she's fully committed to her mother in general, but also I think she sees how big of an opportunity it can be. And she's such a whiz when it comes to this stuff. Like for me, I don't have a huge wealth of background when it comes to, uh, you know, Web3 or the metaverse. Really, my bread and butter is product and fashion. So I, I talk a lot about plus body because it's something I really comprehend and understand and and feel passionate about. And the metaverse is a little bit more Miriam's territory because it's it's, again, like old lady syndrome over here. It's just not something I understand beyond its power to really engage people, which is what we've seen uh, across any time we, we leverage the technology, whether it's through avatars or uh, digital lookbooks or uh, product try-ons. I mean, it's really the limitless nature, and it's constantly evolving. I mean, we even see what's going on with this it, GPT-AI thing on social media now. It's just amazing what's happening in our, in our world and how it's affecting creativity.
0: Yeah, I haven't gone down that road yet, but it's on my list of
1: things to do. Yeah, like, I, haven't, I haven't gone and typed anything into it. But.
0: I wasn't going to do it, and now everyone's doing it. I'm like, okay, well, now I'm kind of curious. But the metaverse to me is a little, it, I don't really understand it, to be honest with you either. Certainly not the back end of it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't ask me to code anything, Lord in heaven. <laughs>
0: where are you then like with you know your singing i mean i know your fiance right was so it's like broadway all the way like and we really kind of learned i mean we, we knew you were a singer but we really kind of understood the full depth of that this season too i think
1: yeah so once we wrapped uh i was talking i, I signed with those agents you see on the series and we were talking about like what's the best way for me to kind of showcase the ability and so um without having because I don't have any track record I haven't been in you know usually the trajectory is you graduate college you start you know working behind the scenes or maybe you're in chorus or you're a dancer and then you work your way up to more uh, exciting opportunities as much as you know I I think I would probably love being like a background dancer I don't think I've got the build (laughs) or the skill so um we thought like let's figure out a way to showcase my abilities. so for Christmas um they, uh, I was booked by 54 Below to do this really fun Christmas cabaret, um, which I wrote. And that was a whole other, you know, really exciting experience. And so now having just come out of that, it, I don't know, it re-energized me around all of this stuff. So hopefully that builds onto a next opportunity.
0: I saw you were at fifty four below. Did you have the opportunity to see the Countess and Friends or Countess Christmas at fifty four below? And Miss Luann was there many times. She's coming back in February.
1: If you haven't, I would murder a baby to see Countess Luann, you know, in full glory. I follow her on Instagram all the time, watching her like her uh, reels about the the series. I need need to go see it because, I mean, if I could achieve one tenth. Or one one hundredth of the like fabulosity that is Lou Andalacet in a cabaret. I feel like I would really have accomplished something.
0: <laughs> it is literally everything that you are picturing in your head and more. And it's I, like it's a real cabaret. It's not I'm, like a it's a real thing. Yeah. We also saw are are you a Housewives fan? I mean, we saw Jill Zarin make an appearance this season. Yeah.
1: I love, I love Housewives. I I um I'm more of an old school housewives. I haven't followed it in the most in the recent, like, you know. Two to three years, but like don't get me started on the OG girls, like because we could we could go on.
0: <laughs> Do you love that, you know, Julia and Jill have this new you found friendship in the past, you know, year?
1: I love it. I think they have a lot that they, you know, bond over. They've been they've been in similar situations. And I think that they just have a lot in common. And so it's been it's been nice. And she's really Julia's developed a lot of friendships in the last year just to see how. These incredible women, like Jill, like other women, have rallied around her because you know divorce is something that fifty percent of women go through who, who are married. And so I think a lot of people have, whether you're man or whether you're a man or a woman, you know, having gone having gone through a divorce or maybe facing a divorce, you see a lot of similarities and kind of the issues. the The person you marry is not a, is not the person you get divorced with, and that's across the board, no matter who you are, what what you're going through. So. Uh, I think a lot of people have have really rallied around her and Jill is one of them. She
0: really is. That's why I feel like when a divorce turns nasty, I'm like, of course it does. This is a different person. You know? Yeah. Do you get starstruck? Like I imagine like, you know, being good friends with Julia and being on Netflix, like you run into a lot of people, you know, you'll go to the Countess Cabaret and then you'll have that experience. But like, do you get starstruck in general?
1: Mostly uh, around like very campy. People, I mean, I've always been in like celebrity dressing and, and PR around fashion. So there was, I was always exposed to that, you know, from day one, but anytime it's someone who's like, you know, a camp dream of mine, whether it's like Liza or Adele or, you know, whatever, that's, that's when like the little gay heartstrings start to get pulled and I go a little crazy.
0: I get it. For me, it's Madonna and Cher. So that's about as gay as Adele yes. and
1: Liza. Yeah. Um, I mean, Show me Cher and I'll you'll I'll, you'll find me like having a moment on the floor of some bathroom for sure. I've met Cher four times
0: because I flew to Vegas and put myself in the meet and greet experience. And like the third time I just, just like you met me two other times. Like keep the third time I was just in complete tears for no reason. I was just like, this is yeah. I, how is this like happening? And like, I just she's, an, icon.
1: she's an absolute, absolute legend icon. And we, I'm very jealous. You have had a lot of these really fabulous experiences share is just who are who who are your favorite housewives like do you
0: have a favorite og housewives from back in Ooh, the day
1: so many um let's think okay new york yeah i love a bethany um i love uh let's think i i, I could always get behind a sonia oh and a dorinda For, love me a dorinda um and then let's see los angeles you know, I've always, I I like a bad guy. I like the villain. I like Elisa Renna. Erica I've always loved. So yeah, I mean, I think it's like the same ones everyone would say, but they're, uh, they're entertainers. That's for sure.
0: Those are definitely good ones. Where do you think the world is today? You know, like let's, I mean, I think people forget, which is such a telling, which is such a statement to the show that this season was so different, you know, but like This really began as a story of a woman who was breaking away from, you know, an antiquated culture and the way they treat women and just kind of finding her own and having enough sense and like strength within her. So, I mean, like, where do you think we are today? You know, like, there's so much that's said. I mean, like, Lizzie Savetsky, who was going to be on the reboot of Roni Leaves. And, you know, there's words of anti-Semitism. You have Kanye. I mean, like does this stuff like seep into Julia's life? Like, do you see, cause I mean like Lizzie, I know says she gets like death threats and all this other stuff. Like where, where's the world today? I and mean, let's just bring it back to how this show all started.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's funny because every time you feel like you've taken a meaningful step forward, you, we take a meaningful step backwards. I mean, never did I think, you know, Roe v. Wade would be overturned or uh, that we would be seeing the, the level of antisemitism that we're seeing today through people who have so much power in the media. So I just think um, we have to remind ourselves every single day what it is to be human, what it is to love each other. And I think that's what a show like ours is all about. It's a family who goes through struggle, chosen family and your own family. And it's about how you get through that struggle and how you do it in a way that improves the bonds between each other. And I think that's we all need to like not not to like glorify us because for sure we've got lots of problems. But I, I'm very lucky to be a part of you know a, a family like that in a situation like that where I'm I'm lifted up by really impressive people around me, and I just hope that what we put out brings positivity and some you know also fun because I in the half I'm always the like the fun I'm the, I'm the. I'm the, like, can we laugh about something, please? Because I think you have to be serious and you have to really take time to think about all of these things that are happening in our world and how we can improve them. But then I think also part of that human experience is just like taking a moment to like laugh it off. It's gotta, you know, and figure out a way to like poke with everything in a in a in a way that you can you can keep moving forward personally and I don't know and be happy because that's what we're all trying to achieve, right?
0: Yeah, let's just be happy. Yeah. As people watch, like, what do you think people, like, we talked about the media and all this, this narrative and all these, like, things that are said about Julia, and as people watch, like, what do you think as her BFF, like, people have wrong, you know, just, like, what do you think people have misperceived?
1: I think it's like anything on, on reality, you see, you see one version of a person, and I think sometimes when you see someone living a beautiful life, you, you know, we all want that cancel culture kind of piece is like, we want everyone to fail. I mean, whether it's the person in the castle or the, or not. So I think um, what people don't always see is uh, how incredibly giving and generous she is because they, you know, they see she lives a beautiful life that she's worked very hard for. Um, but she gives that beautiful life away to everyone who enters her life. And so, you know, I have been personally blessed by her generosity. Ra'ed has been personally blessed by her generosity and, you know, hopefully as, as life goes on, we can all, you know, repay it forward either, you know, back to her or to the other people that come into our lives.
0: Is the Tribeca penthouse just as amazing as I have made it out to be?
1: It's stunning. I mean, you see every, you see the moment, you see it on TV. It's really beautiful. The best views. It's a, it's a beautiful space, but anywhere Julia is, is a beautiful space. You know, she, she thrives and lives through, through beauty and she creates beauty around her. What about
0: for all these people you know how it works in the Netflix world like we 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 wait we get it we binge it it was lovely to have these 9 episodes like okay I'm ready where is season 3 like do you guys know anything about season 3 do you know when you might
1: know about season 3 I, I don't know anything about season three. We, you know, I think the way Netflix works is we wait, we see how, uh, how, you know, how the show is received from what I can tell, just having seen how well it performed on the platform. Like I think that it was really, really well received by a big number of people and also just seeing kind of the outpouring of sentiment on social media. So, uh, I, I hope we're in a good place, but, you know, stay tuned and, and we shall know probably very soon. We we like need a
0: season three. Would you ever be interested if someone came to you, like say Netflix, you know, hey, you're getting married. Let's have a spinoff. You and Red, like, I,
1: I don't think it's a reality, but I mean, I'm open to all opportunities. I don't think I don't think I'm so interesting in an alone capacity. I, I'm a I think I'm a I play off other people very well. And, and I think that I'm mean, I'm in the right place, I think. It was such a good season.
0: Anything else you want to bring up that I didn't bring up? Like I always, you know, it's for everyone that hasn't binged this yet. I mean, I know a lot of people have. It was love this season. It's, you know, we've heard so much about this season. It was great to finally watch it. And I thought I would watch one or two episodes to sit down before I chatted with you. And I could not stop. And it was all nine within like one day. So it was great.
1: I just think it's super bingeable and I hope that people really enjoy, you know, watching us grow through this part in our lives. And I think, you know, you you watch it, you'll learn a little bit, you'll uh hopefully empathize with us. And and I don't know. I, I'm happy to have my life be I it's been rewarding for me when I see people, you know, open up to me about open relationships or even from season one, like my adoption story. Um, just being able to have that dialogue with people, whether it's on social media or on the streets of New York has always been like really it, it made me feel like, okay, maybe you're doing the right thing. So come, come watch us folks. <laughs> season two,
0: my unorthodox. Life. Come watch it. Congratulations on 54 below engagement. Like, like I said, next time we'll do this in person. We're both in New York. Yes,
1: please.
0: So say hi to everyone for me. I really appreciate your time. And it was such a great season. So thank, thank you so Kalen. much. Take well, care. You well, well. Too. Bye. Yeah.